Nerds International proudly presents Welcome to the 3T RPG podcast. My name is Harrison Hunt, and with me is Nick Lamley. Hey! And this is a podcast all about tabletop RPGs. If my, sort of, if my voice sounds a bit deep, it's because I was drinking last night. Yes, microbrewery. Yep, it was, oh my god. Ponsington. We went to the most poncy brewery on the planet. And um, the amount of, you know the, the hipsters, are there have that little twiddly moustache? Oh my god, when it's I, actually been like... I saw a group of five people come in. Every single one of them had that. No, <laughs> yeah. twiddling again, sir. Good sir. Oh, this uh, this ale is served at eighty-one degrees. My kind of place. It, it was really weird. Yeah, they, they have a board up with all the ales, and then it's like, um, yeah, each one it tells you what temperature it's served oh at. It was God. really. Um, sorry, can't say that. <laughs> it was really, uh, really <laughs> not strange. high school anymore. Yeah. yeah, but it's the um, thing that made me laugh. Is like, imagine if there was like all these people coming in with twiddly moustaches and all that, and there's like, can, can evil plans be uh, only done in that corner if you have got that kind of people coming? <laughs> yeah, that's in what it time. is. Maybe, it, maybe it was like an evil genius meeting. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it was getting together. So I'm uh, developing a new laser satellite. Doctor Evil, you'll have your turn, but Doctor Wicked Nasty is talking. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Wicked Nasty. Now that's got to be a character in RPG. <laughs> so today on the show we have got feedback side. We got what you've been slaying. We got the main subject, which is going to be the D and D adventure that nearly killed TSR. Ooh. And then we've got a new segment called the Gadgetarium, followed by Dragon or Blaggin, and then Electro Letters. Yes. If that's not a jam-packed pod, I don't know what is. No, I don't. I've not seen. A jam-packed pod so packed as this pod. Since? Since since 2019. Yeah, since 2019. Anyway, let's, <laughs> let's get on to feedback in that case. Yes. The feedback side. The feedback side. Yes, bitch. The feedback side. It's the feedback section. Yeah, we take your comments and read them out. Yeah, feedback, bitch. So last podcast... Um, we were talking about an RPG that costs £200 and uh, it only comes in one edition that is £200. And we were we were discussing whether or not it was Monty Cook who made that game. Yep, yep. And uh, Terry Hansen writes in to tell us, you are correct, it is Monty Cook. So I did a little bit of research into this. It's called Invisible Sun. Yep. It's a £200 RPG. It's got 400 books, which total 600 pages, which, bear in mind, is only 100 pages more than DCC, which is 25 quid. Yeah. Um, but it comes with four books, 1,000 cards, yeah. which is way too many cards to be dealing with, <laughs> a tarot deck that you need to play the game, dice, two cloth maps, a hand statue to hold the current card, which is in place. I see. Oh, is that what that's for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that thing there. Or a GM is. notebook, a character grimoire pad. So it's like a big character record thing, which is nice. That's cool. You get one. Right. <laughs> so uh, it's got five pre-gens, an art book, and a free app. <laughs> free app. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, but the, the, that made me laugh because the, the, one of the big justifications once he gave for the, the high price was that your whole group would buy it. Imagine opening it up and being like, yes, character Grim. Oh, wait, there's just one. There's just one. And then everyone starts looking at each other funny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, who's yeah. taking that one home then? <laughs> That's the problem, though. It's like, it's all well and good. You know, you want to invest a bit of money. And especially, like, say you've got four, you know, a table of four or a table of five. You know, you're looking at 50 in excess of maybe 50 quid each. What happens when either the party breaks down? Or, or someone wants down. to leave, or the game breaks down. Who, who, who they take a party? Well, that's the trouble. I'm having a lid. <laughs> I'm having a lid. I'm taking the grimoire. Get the fuck away. <laughs> yeah. 
But the funny thing is, is that um, obviously a lot of groups break down quite quickly. Yeah. Anyway. So trying to get people to invest in that, I think, is a, was a bad move. The one cool thing I did like about it is the box is is a, is a big black cube, and it's just called the black cube. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And I think it's an in-game item, but that was pretty. Cool. Oh, that's pretty cool. But there's no way I'm ever gonna check it out for two hundred. No, it's, I mean it's expensive. I mean I looked at the pictures of it on Amazon and stuff. I'm looking like I mean again, it's, it looks impressive. It looks impressive. You know, Monty Cox. Mon- Monty Cox. Monty Cox. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> whoopsie um, Monty Cooks obviously make a decent quality product sure um, but yeah I don't I think just get Cypher yeah. Cypher system yeah, Cypher yeah just do it um, next feedback comes in from Jamie Pearson boss of the network he says yo I just listened to your awards show and wondered why you guys even voted on Wasteland Warfare it's a skirmish game not an RPG game and I can explain it's because it is an RPG game as well it's a bit both. It's both. So you can get the RPG expansion, and also it's our awards show, and we can nominate whatever we want. Yeah, boss. Because it's it's sort of role playing adjacent anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, there's it not. Sorry, right. a, there's an RPG um, expansion for it, and uh, that's why we judged it harshly. I still can't believe that I actually saw your picture that you showed me of the actual cards, and I was like, mm-hmm. it can't be that bad. Like, it's like the, just yeah. just hire an artist. I mean, I know the minis are good, but they'll see the minis when they buy them. Just hire an artist for the cards, or, just or hire, paint them, yeah, or the, paint them. the cards, the artwork on them is unpainted. <laughs> it just looks so wrong because the cards full of color, and in the actual like profile picture, it's just an unpainted mini. At least, at least paint the fucking mini. I get that it's not going to be the same as your painting whatever like like colour scheme you've gone for exactly. but the thing about it is, is just put some artwork on there oh mate because oh, even if you did black and white artwork it would be better it than would that it would look cooler uh, we got another one uh, that just come in last night actually I think for, oh, on nice. feedback um, and this is from uh, Manny Geraldson and this person says I like you sure but I think that having done the science it is not as good for me thank you for everything goodbye <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to make of that one. <laughs> so I think what is it? I like your show, but having done, I like I like you sure, but I think that having done the science, it's not as good. That for is me. fair. This this podcast doesn't stand up to scientific scrutiny. It's true. Yes, it's, yeah. si- it's scientifically bad. <laughs> We've been debunked scientifically <laughs> numerous times. Um, but thank you very much, Manny. Well, he's not going to listen, is he? Well, you're not going to listen. You're not hear that, are you? Yeah, I can just picture like a big whiteboard full of fucking calculations. That has to be the weirdest feedback we've ever received. That's why I had to, that's why I had to have, like, strong arm it in there. Yeah. <laughs> Next one is going to be uh, from Bobby Evans. Oh, shit. Now, if you remember, this is the guy who won um, shittest Kickstarter stretch goal because... I'll, I'll try and explain, but he basically on his Kickstarter it was Savage Worlds for Beginners, but it looks like Savage Swelds for Beginners. And uh, he, he actually messaged in saying that the fact that you're still milking the Swelds thing... Is a bit sad, and milking is a oh, bit. Wow. Of a, it's a bit weird because we haven't talked about it ever until the end of the year show, which is a look back at the year. I'm not I, getting anything out of it other than a laugh. Well, yeah, and the thing is, I don't think he understands the format of like a look back at the year. He's like, that was months ago. It's like, okay, but we can still nominate stuff even if it came out in January. Yeah, it's for the whole year. <laughs> bear in mind, some of the stuff we nominated didn't even come out that year. Well, so. we said that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, anyway, it's a bit sad. Well, we are a bit sad. Yes, we are. But it, the Swells thing was hilarious. It was funny. And I loved when people got banned from the Savage Worlds Facebook group from saying Swells jokes anymore, and they all said, I'm sorry. That I'm was so sorry. That was the main funny part. But anyway. Everyone loves a good pun. Sorry, Bobby. Yeah, sorry, Bob. But, but don't. Um, Ryan Wayhab comes in next. He says, hey, guys, I just finished the 2019 awards show. Absolutely outstanding. Your podcast is easily my favorite, and your APs are brilliant. Thank you for the information. Your awards shows always tip me off to great new systems and shows. Please keep on making this show. I'll keep supporting however I can. And then he invites us out for a beer in town. Yeah. So if we're ever in 
I can't remember. Can't remember where it was now, but it's yeah. But we need we'll to go out of Wayhab. Oh, absolutely, yeah. He became a character in one of our. Riser, yeah, actually. I was going to say Ryan Wayhab's been in. Uh, in yes, our thank rankings. you very much for the kind feedback. Yep, and uh, I think that's about it. We did have one more. He oh, says, Mike Morrison. Mike Morrison. He <laughs> says I turned it off when you said you were anti-insane clown posse. Not me. Not me, Mike. <laughs> That was me. That was all me. But He's anti-juggalo. I, I am, though. I am. I, I can't budge on that. I'm it was sorry. their wrestling career that really made it for me. <laughs> oh, God, I forgot about that. Good Lord. Oh, my. I don't know how anyone takes that stuff seriously. I saw a great video. Um, I'll probably use it as a sound clip during this, but there's a bit. There's a video online of this guy who's coming out to his dad as a furry, oh, and he's, he, he's, he's, he, for some reason, decides to record it. And his dad, likes, he, he's like, what the fuck is this, son? Is this gay? Is this gay? Look, I, I, was, I was perfectly fine when you were into that insane clown shit. <laughs> and I was like, that's the type of people that it attracts. So yeah, I, that's why I'm anti-insane clown posse. Because next step furry. It's a gateway drug to furriness. The next step is furry, and then it's those people you see in documentaries that are like having sex with a fence or something. And then you got hot gluing, hot gunning, or what, hot, was it what's glue, glue oh, gunning? No, then you got glue gunning, and then you got, what's that last one? Vor. I can't believe you mentioned glue gunning. That is the act of... No, don't tell them. Let, let them find out. <laughs> Yeah, Google it if you're over 18. <laughs> and it's, I don't know about this. I heard about this on a podcast. <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not a practitioner of it. I've never done it, Your Honour. I've never glue gunned, I promise. <laughs> All right, let's get on to what we've been playing. Yeah. Dad, I've been wanting to tell you this for a while now, but, um... Uh, God, it's kind of hard to say. Um, I'm a brony. What the hell is that? I watch My Little Pony, Dad. What? I watch My Little Pony with my friends. I'm a brony. That's really gay. And it's one of these! Oi! Yeah? What you slaying? <laughs> so, first of all, fuck this mic. <laughs> I couldn't get into the right position. <laughs> so, first of all, I want to talk about my Christmas Fallout game that wasn't mine it was my brother's yeah so um, yeah we um, my brother runs a Cthulhu game once a year and for the first time he changed it to Savage Worlds yeah so we ended up playing Fallout and essentially we were the uh, a bunch of sort of Cub Scouts like surviving Cub Scouts in the Fallout universe called um, the crickets, or the I think it was like the brave crickets or okay, something yeah, like yeah, this yeah. and we're like we're Cub Scouts basically and we're all playing the Cub Leaders um, and we end up, we have to find a Christmas dinner mm. for our encampment. And that's basically it. So not only do we have to find a Christmas dinner, but we also have to hunt down the remaining parts of a mini golf course that we have there. And it was, it was pretty crazy and pretty stupid. But <laughs> yeah, um, what was really great was there were only two role players at the table. Everyone else had either played once or never. Oh, yeah. You and, like noobies, um, you? So yeah. We, we sort of got them into Savage Worlds and playing the Fallout game. And they did really, really well mm. because... A couple of them like have only ever it was their first time playing. They they were having such fun and really went mad with it. And there was a point we went into the super duper mart like looking for ingredients for the Christmas dinner. And this this girl who's never played before, she she was like, okay, I want to roll intimidation to try and intimidate them to get their stuff. And I was like, okay, I said to her, you have to describe what you're doing. She goes, okay, I pick one of them up and bowl him down the aisle. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, fair yes, enough. that's perfect. You'll be a great role player. <laughs> yeah, so she she got like a couple of razors on it. Yeah. So my brother's like, yeah, you pick his ass up, you bowl him down the aisle, and then. Um, <laughs> She turns around like screaming at the fucking raiders. We get um, 
we get loads of things like uh, we get like veg in a can. We end up we couldn't find any meat, so we had human meat. In oh the mate, end. yeah. But one of the things is we got sprouts. And my mate Cleve, who's it was his first time playing as well, he um, was playing a robot, and he's like, "Everyone hates sprouts," and he throws it out the window. <laughs> we couldn't find them again. Never, never to be seen but again. Another cool move that happened was that 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 same girl, the, the one who's it was her first time. Mm-hmm. Right? We were on the roof. There was a bunch of rad scorpions coming towards the market, and as as they were coming towards us, she she like does a big line of petrol in the sand and then as just as they come in she lights it so there's this big wall of fire oh flaming God. rad scorpions come towards us kills five of them instantly nice but yeah in the end everyone died because yeah. we went to the sports store to get the rest of the mini golf course and uh, got munted by death claws death claws yeah that's that's how my brother rolls <laughs> if you don't have a tpk in one of his games it's genuinely surprising he's upset yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was really it was really fun and it was it was very very silly but um once again, we have a returning character in all of my brother's Fallout one-shots is Gary Busey. Oh, my God. And I played him. And there was a point where somebody had to tell me, can you uh, can you just stop doing the tongue thing? Because I kept on going, let's go, motherfuckers. <laughs> you go. It's, uh, it, it's, it must be done with Gary. Yeah, I think it was because... Katie was sitting opposite me, and mm. so she took the brunt of it. She oh, was brother. she was looking right at oh. it. <laughs> but it was a, it was a, it was a, uh, a an absolute success, a it hit, a, a massive yeah, hit, rousing success. Yeah, All of excellent. us got pissed. We had fun. Like it was a silly game where we just mm-hmm. did silly shit. I mean, there was a point where Cleve was playing a schizophrenic robot, oh, mate, because he was a robo brain. So it's technically a human brain and a robot who had <laughs> schizophrenia. Yeah. And um, there was a point where he, the um, the sort of illness took over, and he he just sp- spins his arms around, knocks a child's head off in the camp, and we were like. Right, we better get this fucking mini golf shit because they're gonna be pissed off. That's gonna go down well. Yeah, so yeah. good. Nice and uh, our ongoing D and D campaign is going yep. on. So oh, yeah, this is our uh, uh, game where the uh, heroes have have come into uh, possession of a disused zoo mm-hmm. and have to populate it with monsters. Yeah, and um, we had a very very fun session. The last one that you were in, where. Essentially, they were trying to resurrect one of their friends, and so they had to get Illithidica from the Underdark, the yep. blood of a holy man, and two pints of goblin, goblin blood. blood. Yep. So they had to go down and go into like a little goblin warren, yeah, and, and try and uh, try and decimate it. Decimate. It. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I tried to because I knew they were really high level for goblins, so I tried yep. to make it a bit more fun by putting the stakes a bit more different. So oh yeah, yeah. Definitely. When they finally got into the goblins, like final resting place or lair or mm-hmm. whatever you call it, um, they had a portal um, there, and they were trying to summon something as they came in. Oh, and mate. every round, the portal was getting more mental. Yeah. So it wasn't can you kill the goblins? It's can you do it in three rounds before or, this, or something's what, coming. Or something's coming through, yeah, and it was incredible. Some incredible, um, like handmade um, battle furniture and maps because Harrison's oh, yeah, yeah. been doing all this crafty I've stuff been into recently, getting into terrain and, and stuff. And it's so cool, yeah. So we Would had you... like a proper little glowing portal, and that, and it was yeah. Well, it was check like, the photos out. On, yeah, everyone Facebook. stopped, um, you know, stopped the game to sort of shine their lights in the back of the portal and <laughs> yeah. stuff. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> it was awesome. Um, but one of the one of the highlights, and I'm about to make jokes about things people shouldn't make jokes about. But the thing about it is, is that my, okay, so Ryan, there, there, there's this big hole leading down into the goblin lair. Um, it's got bodies on chains, and you have to climb down the chains yeah. to get down there. Yeah. Ryan's at the top of it. His character Grant, he's he's like, um, so what do goblins like? And I said, just roll intelligence. Let's see if you know what they like. Yeah. I'm like, what's he up to? And I said, okay, they like pillaging, raping, looting. And he's like, he's like, all right, all right, I'm gonna track them up here, lads. Watch this. And he goes, oh, there's a good rape going on up here. Oh, what a bit of rape up here. And then he starts going, oh, stop that, no. <laughs> Thinking that the goblins will be like, oh, sounds good up there. Let's go up there. 
It was awful. It's it was... awful. And we should, shouldn't laugh about it. But no. It was quite funny. It was a stupid, a fictional character's idea. It was great. And, and um, funny. the funny thing <clears throat> is, is he's he's a cowboy builder. So he's one of those like dodgy tradesmen. Yeah. And he's recently ripped off a very, very posh landowner by doing up his... Um, his mansion badly, and so they yeah. come into possession of 10k of gold, and that comes later on to bite them in the arse. I'll get to that. Yeah, but they've come into possession of 10k of gold, um, and they can use it on the zoo. They've they've made it look nice. So they thought instead of buying horses to to draw their carriage, they've got an elephant yep. now yep. called what's his name? Uh, ben Trunks. Oh, ben Trunks. Yeah, and he's got a bloody um, there's a little house on his on the on the, on the yeah, top. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah we yeah, built yeah, a little like house. A um, yeah. And uh, obviously Nick has speak with animals, so he was talking to Ben last time, but all everyone saw is them going... <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, so uh, it was pretty awesome. Yeah. And that, they got the goblin blood, they resurrected their old mate Stanley, oh my God, and then yeah. what happens? They're just as they're coming out, fucking, uh, there's this old demon that they made a deal with and didn't come good on their deal, no. and he's marching into town. With an orc army, yeah, with heavy heavy metal music playing, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the orc bards they had electric guitars. Oh mate, it was so good. The uh, yeah, well, it scared the shit out of us because it was um, yeah, it's like we knew this would come to get us in the end because we we're like really gonna bail on a deal with a demon. Yeah, all right, come. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised how quickly everyone agreed to that. <laughs> well, like, I didn't, but yeah, then, yeah, yeah, and then everyone was... sneaked past him, and it, yeah, he's come because he basically he's like he's the lowest of the low in terms of demonhood in Baldur's Gate, right? Mm-hmm. So. If he gets seen to be dicked around by a bunch of adventurers, then it's bad. So he's got he's got to like kill him. Can't lose face. Can but it? the worst thing was right. So he turns up. The next game starts right, and he he turns up, and the guys are like, okay, look, we should reason with him. We should try and call call the war off. And the the guy's a mushroom demon, right? And he comes to the side of the uh, the town. He goes, I don't want to destroy your town. I just wish to have those five adventurers, and I shall destroy them in the longest, most painful way possible. And the mayor is there, like behind the militia at this point. And the mayor's like, um, "Well, you've done a lot for this town, boys. So it's your call." And they go out and try and reason with the de- demon. And what they do is they're like, "Look, mate, uh, we'll give you 180 townspeople." And obviously, all the townspeople are like, "What?" And then, and then are we? And uh, the, the mayor's like, uh, uh, "Actually, that's pretty much the population of the entire town. I don't think we could do that deal." So Ryan, his genius idea yeah. with the character Grant Shaftesbury, his genius idea yeah. is to try and buy because he's got that 10k. He tries to buy the mushroom guy's army right off him there and then, <laughs> and he's, he talks to like the chieftain of the orcs, and he goes, he goes, um, "How much are you paying you? I'll double it." <laughs> nice. <laughs> sad fact is, is he rolled terribly on it. Oh, uh, so it could have. Yeah, essentially, it just pissed the mushroom um, demon off. Yeah, and and he just went right charge. <laughs> oh god! But if it had gone successfully, he could have bought the army. He could, he could have bought the army and just turned it around. <laughs> that so that would have been amazing. That would have been hilarious. I don't think he really had enough cash to make it worth their while. No. Yeah, um, essentially we started using the mass battle rules. And now these aren't ones that come with the game, but I nicked... There's this guy called Dungeoncraft has a great YouTube channel. Mm. And I nicked his mass battle rules. And the way it works is I'll break it down into the scenes. But essentially you start up with the opening sortie. This is when all of the... uh, all of the armies like clash together. Yep. And it's mental. It's unpredictable, and you just have to roll to survive it. So mm-hmm. you have to get out of it and and survive the opening sortie. If you fail, you take damage and you try again, and you keep doing that until you either die or get out. Okay. Um, and that was amazing because it ended up with two people um, sort of slashing their way through instantly, <sighs> and then one person was literally like, by the end of it, he was dying in the mud, like getting his face chewed oh, off by somebody mate. else, while another guy was trying to drag him off. He didn't yeah. want to escape, so it's like, well, that counts as you still being in the battle, so yeah. you just definitely take damage. <laughs> and it, um, yeah, both of them were like 
fucking Ryan, right? His character, he has 49 HP. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He's down to eight in the oh, first, uh, if, wow. first skirmish. Oh, my God. So the second um, the second phase is skirmishes. So you play out all the little battles that yeah. are happening within all the fighting. Yeah. And I've got this thing that we've been using recently from the same channel, actually, called Ultimate Dungeon Terrain. And it's a, a lazy Susan, so a big circular board. And it's during the mass battle everything outside of the circular board is fighting okay so yeah, why, yeah yeah so it's, this is like a little opening in the battle so they burst out of the fucking opening sortie and then they come into the uh, first skirmish which is outside the pub they see the pub owner being dragged off by orcs and they oh, have to save no. him yeah um one of the orcs to intimidate the other guys he bashes him with his mace but accidentally rolls really high killing him instantly <laughs> so that is opening He's like, Rah! Uh, oh shit. yeah yeah and then everyone so so that pissed everyone off and obviously the party runs forward That's slays so them and then they had this bit where i thought okay you're gonna have to make a really hard choice there's two skirmishes you can go for on one side of town is clint this guy that they know and his wife yeah being backed up against the cliff nearly falling off like trying to defend themselves on the other side of town it's the sea hag who has helped them out a lot He's, she's resurrected you guys yeah. she's given you missions She's, she's read our post. She's stolen our post. She steals your mail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We've got but, a good relationship going on. She's on the other side of the town, drawing power from the well yeah. to you to do spells, and and is trying to defend herself. But people are closing in. She's getting surrounded. So they went both. They went both ways. Managed to do both skirmishes. And the final one is that they need to open up the gate in the town's fort yeah. to let the army in, so mm. that they can overwhelm the orcs that have just taken over yeah. the fort. And the cool thing about this battle was it was two orc leaders, a bunch of orc um, like subordinates. And then to mushroom enemies, yep, right? Yep. But one of the orcs throughout the battle, he was using this like holy symbol to well, not holy, it was but like, like shaman, unholy symbol. Yeah, 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 to blast people with it. And he kept on doing area of effect spells. Ooh. People would say that D and D isn't deadly. I say you ain't playing it right. But what happened <laughs> yeah. was is that he he fucking blasted a party with this spell. They were uh, two of them went down. One of them was on. You know, if you get a uh, dead half your HP like minus half your HP it's just instant death oh, right. yeah so of course that, yeah. that's what happened to James's character Keith uh. Wakeman he just got blasted area of effect area of effect and then he was still in the area when he was going for the other two guys that yeah. were still up yeah, yeah, so yeah. he just Boom. died instantly oh mate he was a paladin he's become an angel now he's an angel now <laughs> Um, yeah, so anyway, they opened the gate and uh, let the local militia in. And they overwhelmed the orcs and they won the battle. Nice. But during the battle, one of the orcs kept on throwing his subordinates into advantageous <laughs> positions. He was like, right, time to fly. And they were all fighting up on the ramparts, yeah. tucking people up onto the ramparts. <laughs> Turns out he's got a belt of giant strength. So now you That's guys have got that. Amazing. Ryan's strength bonus is now plus five. Oh, my God. I know, it's crazy. He also had um, well, a bunch of other shit. But they've, uh, they've got a, a ring of sticks to snakes so they can send into snakes. snakes once a day yeah that's it fucking cool yeah cool stuff yeah, anyway, bunch of cash um, very last thing that happens after the battle everything calms down and then somebody uh, they run for mayor for some reason yeah. because they say the mayor's done a shitty job the town's <laughs> been attacked so one of the characters Dee Dee is now the mayor yes but um, yeah the funny thing is then a couple of police turn up they've got a um, a summons oh, for, for Grant to go to court because of the shitty building work he did earlier yep fantasy road so, traders so so next next <laughs> session we're doing a, uh, court a courtroom yes. yeah a court case <laughs> Which should be awesome. <laughs> what did Grant, did Grant react to it? He, he goes, he goes. Ah, oh, don't worry about that, mate. My contracts are tight as fuck. We'll be fine. Oh, is that all oh, right? Yeah, famous but, last words. The, <laughs> one of the other characters tried to eat the summons so that they wouldn't have to go, and obviously it was it was a trapped male, and it was magically trapped. So, so he's fucked and all. Yeah, so now he's going to court as well <laughs> for meddling with um, bloody court documents. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Um, 
But the funny thing is, yeah, so Ryan's character, he's a cowboy builder, and he has this um, ability that's actually from the Acquisitions Incorporated book, mm. where he gets advantage on deception rolls to forge documents. So <laughs> yeah. all of his contracts, yeah. technically, should forgeries of proper contracts. Yeah. He also understands legalese as a language, which is awesome. But yeah, so he thinks... I remember what he rolled when he did that contract. He yeah. doesn't. Yeah. And Ryan thinks, oh, I'll be fine. And I'm like, no, I remember too. <laughs> yeah, so great. Don't, don't. <laughs> okay, uh, to be fair, the guy who, who wanted the building work, he accepted it. Will a court of law and a bunch of lawyers be no, Well, up? that was it, yeah, because that was hilarious as well. Because he was like, oh, only that much? Fine, fine. Yeah, way he, more than that. It seemed, it seemed wild that he would charge that amount and that the guy would pay it. Yeah. So, I think you guys are in trouble. Yeah, we're yeah. in trouble. We're in big trouble. So we're doing a courtroom case next, and I'm still, yeah, still enjoying the campaign. Oh, um, me too, mate. Uh, uh, two new additions to the zoo. You've got an orc and an orc archer as well. So that's pretty. Cool. Well, they just some prisoners of war. Yeah, well, no, well, I guess so, but they're just well, they're monsters, aren't they? Yeah, so well, they're in there now. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's quite sad the amount of humanoid enemies that are in there that are some semi-intelligent. I know. It's, yeah, it's terrible, isn't it? So they've got a, 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 a skeleton gangster called Bones Malone, mm-hmm. and they put him in an over-18s area because he swears at all the passersby. So I'm gonna gotcha. I'm gonna kill you. He's a fucker, but um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's our D and D game, man. <laughs> if you if you want to play a game set in a zoo, play D and D. I'm enjoying the fuck out. It's, it's a so shame good. you missed that last session. I know, but you got to go in the courtroom one. Night. I know, I know. I did really want to. The, the whole mass battle sounded so cool because it was so easy to visualize in your mind. And I just watched that film, The King, as well. So that's full oh, right, of, yeah. of big like medieval battles, and it was. Oh, uh, it was fun, man. Yeah, it looked great. It the mass battle rules. Um, yeah, check out Dungeon Crafts mass battles mm-hmm. for D and D because they're really, really quite something yeah um, they really nail the feel of a big battle oh mate um but next up let's talk about because it was christmas recently christmas. so let's talk about our gets yeah and i want to do a get live on air get live i got i got some uh i got some mail this morning let's get live 2020 come on get live 2020 oh no this is there it is what is it it's only the fiend folio what so uh, as far as I know, I'm not. I, I, this may be wrong, but as far as I know, so the monster manual should, can be considered your traditional monsters, right? The fiend folio is um, Gygax's weird ideas that haven't come from folklore or anything. It's just fucked just up him. shit, and I believe that's where the Gilan comes from. Oh really? Which is a zombie frozen in ice. For those that don't know, <laughs> throat lech, <laughs> tiger fly. So yeah, that's if you want weird monsters, that's where fiend you go. Fiend folio, yeah. That, oh my god. A good example weird. of one that's from the fiend folio is the carbuncle, right? And it's it's a, a little armadillo that has a ruby on its head. It doesn't fear death, and as soon as somebody gets close to take the ruby off its head, it kills itself instantly. <laughs> <laughs> my ruby. It's <laughs> just a big ape, but it's called a dacon. Oh yeah, dacon. Yeah. Dark creeper. But yeah, I, that was one of the things that I. Bought myself for Christmas actually. This is really cool. It's awesome, isn't it? Yeah. I'm get that's def- I got it for the D and D game because I was like, I need some weird ones. Yeah, this is so cool. But yeah, um, you got betrayal on the house on the hill for I Christmas. I did didn't get you? betrayal on the house on the hill. Yeah, so my brother-in-law uh, was kind enough to get me it for me for Christmas, and um, reason being is he was talking to a friend of his um, at work, and they're big D and D players, and they said basically this was the board game that got them into role playing. Oh, nice! And yeah. so they played that game, loved the kind of uh, RPG aspect to it, and then got into D&D off the back of it. Very good. So obviously my brother and I thought I would give it a bash. So yeah, you got into me. I'd like to do an episode on it because there's a lot to it. But in a nutshell, it's a cool board game where the first half of the game is exploring. You find new rooms. Each time you discover a room, a new floor tile goes down. There's three levels, bloody blah, blah, blah. Very good fun. No one can die. Lots of exploring. And then at a certain point within the game when a mechanic is init- uh, activated, um, the haunt starts. And then basically what that is is... Um, 
you use a table to find what type of haunt it is. There's 50 of them in there, and it's almost like a little mini one-shot, if you like. It turns into a little mini RPG <laughs> one-shot. Um, it's reading out the flavour text is part of what makes it really fun as well. Exactly, yeah. And uh, we did one, and it was one. It was kind of a Cthulhu-y one, I suppose, because um, it was like uh, there was this kind of evil kind of head, and it had tentacles that could go through the whole mansion, and if it grabbed you and pulled you back to its head, the, the, the guys died. And then the players had to um, try and do some kind of a ritual to kill it, basically, before the time ran out. But the cool thing is, yeah, one one player becomes the betrayer and the rest of the players become the hero. So in the second phase of the game where it's an RPG element, it's, it's like the betrayer and he's monsters or whatever he's got, depending on the story you pull from the table versus the rest of the team. Very good. Very good fun. It's got yeah. it's got, uh, it's got uh, agility rolls in it. It's got madness. You take um, you can do attack rolls, all this kind of stuff. Drop items, pick up items. And all yeah, that. I mean, I played it once on a virtual tabletop, tabletop simulator. Yeah. And... Um, I had a great time. It's fun. Yeah, yeah really, really, really fun good games. Fun. And I think it probably is a good entryway to RPGs. I never even thought of no, that. No, no, that's exactly why he picked it out for me. So, yeah, so maybe we'll do an episode on it properly. But it's um, so far so good. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. So, yeah, check it so, out. <laughs> I received an Amazon voucher from my mum. Nice. And uh, obviously I bought a bunch of RPG shit with it. And um, the one thing I got was the DCC Annual. So this is yeah. basically the first ever expansion to DCC. And um, it's the first thing you notice when you open it, right? So, so for those that don't know, DCC is an OSR game with crazy random tables for mm-hmm. magic and um yeah the first thing when you open the annual it starts at chapter five and you're like what the fuck What's happened it's because here? the additions they've made to magic is magic is chapter five in the original book so it goes ah. it goes this is an addition to chapter five this is an addition to chapter six one of the things it does what people were wanting from dcc was fleshed out gods for clerics because you know you yeah, had proper yeah. patrons yeah yeah yeah, yeah now yeah, the yeah. gods for clerics or, or uh, indeed for anyone are really fleshed out ah, excellent so, um, I'm not going to get too in depth with this because I've got a dragon or blacken for the DCC oh, okay. annual yeah, coming yeah, yeah. up. Yeah, fair enough. But um, there is there is a uh, uh, magic mustaches in it now, oh. and each one has its own mustachial effect. Mustachial effect, which <laughs> is a great word, Mister Mustachio. Yeah, Love so it. there's there's like all types of new shit in there, but we'll get actually get into that later on a later mm. item. Mm-hmm. Another thing I got was. Um, uh, Lamentations of the Flame Princess, the punchline. Oh, yeah. Now, this is pretty cool. Um, I, I, the weird thing is it's not really an adventure so much as it is a mini setting okay. about a an area called Forkton, and this might sound familiar, that's been infected with a plague called the Red Death. Ah, yeah. And, yeah, that I actually put this into our D&D game. Mm-hmm. game. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much it. And um, one of the things that a lot of people have been seeing around is a bunch of clowns, and they've been kidnapping children, speaking to children on the road. There's one, there's one kid that tries to um, bargain with the clown, but for then for some reason halfway through the clown just fucks off into the bushes, and and like as they do. So that's like big parts of the mystery. I'm not going to spoil it. No. I think we might actually get into it. But yeah, Please, it's basically yeah. if you want an adventure involving plagues and clowns and children you're you're laughing it's really cool and and similar to like other Lamentations products it's got the useful shit in the cover as well so it's got every NPC in this game and it's a mystery game so obviously it's got a lot of characters Ah, but it's got like their temperament and their backstory condensed down to a sentence in in the front of the book so if you need quick reference and stuff it's handy as hell that that whole product line has always got handy it is great so that's good I just don't want to catch him in bed with a goblin but if he's in there rolling around hacking him up and he's got a goblin guide, you know, taking him into the cave, I'm not expecting him to not get dirty. Oh, yeah, I've got some, uh, well, I've got Wise Guys cards. Yeah, nice. These are awesome. Yeah. I can't be bothered to get them. But basically in Wise Guys, which is a gangster game for Savage Worlds, you have um, these contacts that you can have and the contacts give you special abilities. So um, now they've released it as a 52-card deck with yeah. every contact on nice. it. And also another one with uh, called Persons of Interest. So it's just main character cards. So you've got yeah. NPC cards and so shit. So cool. Which is fucking awesome. And that's so handy just because 
if you're running a game, instead of writing down the stats in my notebook, have like them seen in front of you. Yeah, just just take the two cards out yeah, that you need for yeah. the game. And if you want to see my ugly mug in there, then buy it. Yeah, yeah, you're one of the contacts, yeah. <laughs> so, the thing is, we talked a lot of smack about Wasteland Warfare, yeah. but I did buy Wasteland Warfare miniatures. Okay. But I do have a reason for this. I'll get the, uh, get the fucker down. Where is she? Where is she? Oh, wow. Yeah, so um, the reason I bought them is not to play Wasteland Warfare, but my brother's running Fallout for Savage Worlds again soon, so yep. um, I thought I should get a cool mini for myself. Can you buy individuals? Uh, I got a box of three, actually. Okay, oh, what, all Piper? Uh, no, there's one is one is Piper from Fallout 4. I got a Boston Survivor, and then another guy who's um, that race of robots. What are they called? Sentinels or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fallout yeah. 4. Yeah, so I got I got three in the awesome, box. So yeah, yeah How much is one. for a free pack? No, no, I'll, that, I'm, I'm gonna go. I want to. I might get a free pack. I might treat myself to a pack as well because there's thought, one. If we've got some more cool, minis um, for the table. It'd be cool. Yeah, there's one that's the Wanderer and Mr. Handy and <coughs> Dog, which is pretty cool. Yeah. That's so um, they're, that, they're all nice, really nice, well-made minis. I yeah. don't care for the game, but. Um, yeah, I just thought it'd be cool to buy uh, oh, a cool mini for yeah, Fallout. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, they are really, really, really high quality. The bases are, are pretty cool as well, because yeah. they come with like scenic bases, which is really nice. Oh, that's pretty done with the... the, the, the I thought you had done that. No, no, no. Oh, right. Yeah, that's a, that's a, uh, a base that comes with it. That's pretty cool. And uh, the only thing is they require a slight bit of assembly, but they're pretty good, because they, they have little holes for things to go in, so you, okay. don't, you don't need to pin them, which is fucking cool. Oh, nice. Yeah, great miniatures. Um, very, very happy with that. Good, well yeah. Done. Yeah, I might pick up a box, actually. You for should, the man. The they're they're, they're cool. pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, and that's it for, for gets. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, done well. Long, long old what you've been saying. Sorry about that. As but, always, sorry. Yeah, but you know. but you know it's just after Christmas. We got a lot. Of, we got We've been a lot doing of fun stuff, haven't we? Exactly. That's the problem. <laughs> that's the problem. We have too much fun. <laughs> anyway, let's go on to the main subject. <laughs> yeah, let's do this. Main subject magic. Main subject Tokyo. Main subject. When a product is released, recalled the exact same day, and most of the copies burned in a big fire, you know you're done goofed. But what was the module that met this fiery doom? It was of course B3, the Palace of the Silver Princess, an adventure from 1980 for TSR's Dungeons & Dragons basic set. Now, many people became aware of the story behind this owing to an article on Wired regarding the adventure where a journalist by the name of Jim McLaughlin interviewed some of the staff who were around at the time. And I'm going to definitely quote that article a lot throughout this um, review. Okay. The thing is, what we're going to do is we're going to take a look back at the original recalled module. Not, okay. the, not the edited one, but the original one. Um, because it did get re-released, but they, they re-edited it. Now, the thing about the article, it's called The Adventure That Nearly Killed D&D. <laughs> and what I want to do with this is, I'm not ripping those guys off. What I want to do is see, was it really that bad as they say it was in the article? And did it really nearly kill D&D? <laughs> yeah. So, we're, we're going we're gonna to okay. do a little investigation. Okay, yeah. It's like an analysis, yeah. Yeah, so in, in uh, 1980, TSR's only female member of staff, Jean Wells, was tasked with coming up with a new adventure for the D&D Basic Set series. That made it the very first female-designed module ever, and as a complete noob to designing, it also meant it had a few interesting quirks. To give one example, most of the monsters are completely new and didn't come from the monster manuals. Okay. And in most of the adventures, the point is it goes, turn to this entry on the monster manual to see this. And in this, she's just like, I'm making up my own. I'll do my own ones, mate. And believe me, it gets way more interesting. (laughs) This module was also supposed to teach DMs how to design their own stuff by leaving some rooms and areas blank and allowing the DM to fill them in. And then it'll give you a kind of short tutorial on how to do that. Okay, so that's good. Actually a really nice So it's not lazy, it's actually good because it backs it up with how to do it. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. Rather than just going, yeah, fill the blanks in. So let's go through the actual adventure. So at the beginning of the adventure, it lays out the backstory of the of the whole thing. And essentially, there are rumours and legends about a really sexy, powerful, kind, agile, strong princess called Argenta, who lives in a palace made of every type of marble known to man. <laughs> she's a really weird... She loves host. her marble. <laughs> she's a big fan of marble. Yeah. I personally think it, that was probably put in there so people don't just burn the fucker down. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair play. Yeah. This palace could supposedly be found in a valley full of peaceful monsters, clear skies, exotic plants, and what it actually says in, in, in the bloody module, rivers of sweet water. As in sweet. Or just <laughs> no, like... not as in, not, I don't think it's as in good water. That's <laughs> like, some sweet water, man. That's some sweet water. Right no, I think it's actually, it's like sugary water, which oh. like, is supposed to make it sound idyllic and paradise. Nah, a bit par- sticky as fuck. You go for a <laughs> swim. Like... <laughs> sugar water, that's syrup, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's like... You Why just, are we drowning? We go, yeah, you go for a swim, you come out fucking, your clothes are sticking sugar to you. Sugar-coated. Oh, that sounds yeah. horrible. It does sound horrible. In this valley, the mineral mica can be found too, and all the rocks and streams making the area glow and glisten like a diamond. Ooh. This valley also has a large population of dwarves who all love Princess Argenta because she's perfect in every way. <laughs> These dwarves work rubies and jewels so that the elves in the valley can make weapons out of them. Mm-hmm. One day, there was a ruby the size of a mattress found, <laughs> and the elves and dwarves made it look so nice that Argenta called it My Lady's Heart and threw a big party where she literally invited anyone who heard about it, which makes it one of those like Facebook parties. You know where people put an open invite and everyone turns up and trashes oh, no. the place. And he gets on the news because yeah, 8,000 yeah. people Do you remember there was up. that Australian guy and they were like, Do you, are you sorry for what you've done? Because he did that. And he's like, no, nah, that's fucking awesome. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Anyway, of course what happens is a stupid amount of people turn up and some bloke turns up and wants to nick my lady's heart. No. The big, the big ruby. Yeah. This bloke was caught looking at both the princess and the gem in the same way, like all hungry, mouth watering, and rubbing his hands. He's like, "Four, <laughs> yes, four, black ruby." <laughs> so a couple of elves and dwarves approached the pervert after the party and asked him what he thought he was doing. They were never seen again. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, fast forward to a couple of weeks later and a red dragon can be seen flying about above the valley. This dragon subsequently burned the entire valley to a crisp. Oh. The few people who survived all swear they saw a saddle on the dragon's back and a bloke wearing silver and blue armour on the saddle flying about on it. Okay. Remember that, because that comes important later. Okay, alright. So the valley is barren, the place is in ruins, and the princess is presumably dead, but nobody knows what really happened to her. The next part details the surrounding areas, and you get like a big old map. Nice. Which is really nice, actually. Mm-hmm. So it's not only an adventure, it's a setting. So mm-hmm. it's, it's set quite a few years after it all got burned and shit okay, like this. Okay, that's cool. But uh, notable areas include Galivia, which is described as a chaotic nightmare. <laughs> it's ruled over by a woman called Lady de Chimis who killed her husband to rule the place. She has all sorts of weird laws, like enforcing a curfew, but only for men. And all the men in her army are also her lovers by law. (laughs) She's greedy. It's like, it's weird, isn't it? Because this is like, it's quite obviously Gene Wells is like fantasy coming in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, (laughs) You're all my lovers. You're all my lovers. She she obviously loves a man in in, uh, In in a uniform, right? She's like, you all have to sleep with me. Um, yeah, there's also a village called Dead Mule, and I fucking love this. <laughs> That's wicked. So, because a long, long time ago, some dwarves were travelling through the valley when their only pack mule died, so they decided to just settle right there. Brilliant. And that's Dead Mule. That is absolutely brilliant. It's great. Where it lays is where we make, build our like, foundations. Oh, well, dead uh, Mule, we call it. There's no news. Uh, there's, no, there's no helping it. We, we just have to stay here. We will build a town around it. <laughs> that's wicked. 
There's some evil mountains, other towns, dark woods. <laughs> some and evil a, mountains. And a misty swamp called oh. the Misty Swamp. Oh. Yep. Oh, God. This swamp is a place where reality breaks down owing to magic mist, and as a result, magic works differently differently inside the swamp. Pretty cool. So, for example, a spell could backfire on one of your mates, a different spell could entirely come out, or you could get changed into a random creature with the same hit die as you. That's really so cool. You go in there, you're a level one character, you try and cast magic missile, you turn into a dog. That's fucking awesome. It is cool. I do like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, in any case, this area is actually pretty fucking awesome. Simple but decent. I mean, the whole game area. Yeah. And it gives you shit to do when your characters have come back from a day in the ruined palace. Mm-hmm. So, but why would they go into the palace, I hear you ask? Well, this being an early 80s D&D module, there's a table of rumours. Mm. Spend long enough in the area and you'll stumble, stumble across a few. So you then, And that'll give you a reason to go out questing. Gotcha. One of these rumours is, of course, that there's a big fuck-off mattress-sized ruby <laughs> in the palace. Yeah. There are many other, but to give an example of one of the other cool ones, there's there's one that's a mysterious woman who's been running around with a few dwarves who wields a sword made of ruby. Okay. She's been seen in a few of the villages, and people reckon she's a descendant of the Silver Princess, right. Argenta. Mm-hmm. There's also a rumour that people have seen a beast with three heads in the woods. <laughs> there's also rumours that a treasure even more valuable than my lady's heart is inside the old ruined palace. That's a uh, that's a wardrobe-sized ruby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the last one was a mattress. This one's a whole bed. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, obviously, the party goes to the palace to try and find the riches, and this is where the adventure part of it really starts. So it's a big dungeony labyrinth that you bowl about in and try mm-hmm. to find a ruby. Now, if I went room by room, we'd be here all day. There okay. are fuckloads. Oh, it's right. gigantic. Nice. So we're not going to do that, but I'll just go over some of the highlights of the palace. Uh, the dungeon is split into two levels, the entrance level and the upper level. So in the ruined and goofed entry level, you find a room where purple moss clings to each collapsing wall. <laughs> cool. This moss emits sleeping gas. Hit a spell save or go to sleep. Oh, wow. It's not that bad at all, but bear in mind, in D&D Basic, at low level, spell saves can be an absolute bugger to hit. Oh, really? Yeah, well, remember, Lamentations is based on the D&D Basic experts. Yeah. So, and you remember how, how you had to like, hit like a fucking 18 to avoid oh, certain shit? shit like, yeah. So, so what could happen, right? Because you've got wandering monsters tables as well. What can happen is you go to sleep and then monsters will come in and attack you. Then you'll get up, go to sleep again. The monsters will come and attack you. <laughs> so it's called a frog loop. Uh, where, right. the, where the whole party gets put to sleep, attacked by wandering frog monsters, <laughs> wake up, go back to sleep, and blah blah. As I said, so it's like you could just be killed in that first room. It's like a mug, in it? Horrific cycle that could take all night to fucking resolve. You would be so mad. Mm. Uh, and you go back down again. Sorry. Yeah, back down again. Monsters coming. Oh, there's another one. Oh, you're back up. <laughs> oh, oh, no, down sorry, again. Dean, sorry. <laughs> That's terrible. Awful. Yeah. Um, so this is one of the first rooms, as I said. But of course, after that, you head into the indoor river of sweet water, and understandably, you know, you need a drink. You've been tired, your adventure. Want some you know. sweet water, don't you? So you clamber over and disturb the water, whereupon you're attacked by bubbles. <laughs> bubbles. Bubbles. That's that's what they're. Uh, the monster are just called bubble. That's it. Yeah. Oh my god, what's all that about? They're quite easy to hit, obviously. They're just bubbles. <laughs> but, um, there's there's ten of them, and they have the ability to paralyze people for some reason. And their strategy, it says this in the module, is basically to paralyze people, drag them into the water, drowning them, and the body will sink if it's in armor. So forget about getting your dead friend's stuff. If you get dragged underneath it, if you're in armor, you sink and the bubbles are attacking you, drowning you underwater. Yeah. Yeah, pretty bad. 
If you defeat the bubbles, they do for some reason have 33 gold pieces that they keep at the deepest part of the pool. But who the fuck would get into the pool after that? You've seen your mate, mate get dragged into oblivion. Why, also, why does a bubble need money? What the fuck's he doing? How's he getting it? He's got a little part-time well, job? It must be from all a lot other dead adventures. No, when he's not drowning people, he's got a little paper around. <laughs> it's the bubble mail. Yeah. So um, there's a kitchen where poisonous spitting snakes jump out of a bag. <laughs> there's a cat that turns into an enchanted great cat and attacks the party. And of course, there's the ubu. What? <laughs> ubu. So this is where we come to a part of the controversy surrounding the module. Okay. The party, after gaining access to the upper level, eventually come to a bathroom, whereupon they encounter one of Gene Wells' new monsters, the ubu. <laughs> This monster has three human heads and three sexual organs. There's always two of one and one of the other. So if the outside two ones are women, the middle one's a bloke. All right. Meaning two minges and one dong. <laughs> and two, two lady heads, one man. But it's a kind of a weird thing to point out the sexual organs. We don't care. It's got three. It's just yeah. It's got. Uh, it's got. Th- it doesn't use them to fight. So what's that? Why oh what? I so, thought you was going to say something. No no no. Right. Okay. That's not that terrible. But but given their resemblance to humans, when the book talks about them killing their own babies and eating them, this sparked some controversy. But <laughs> but the main thing about the Ubu is that the editor was the one that who added in the hermaphrodite thing. Originally, they were just a free-headed person, like I mentioned it should be. Yeah. And the, additionally, the artist, Errol Otis, drew the beast with the heads of TSR staff. <laughs> so, in Very today's good. day and age, I think it will be found upon in an adventure to contain players slaying a three-headed hermaphrodite with the faces of real people. But imagine the fuss it would have caused in 1980, <laughs> right? Uh, but it doesn't end there, right? As you continue through the upper levels, there's a room containing a woman hanging from the ceiling by her own ankle-length hair. Beneath her, nine blokes poke her with swords and tear her clothes off. <laughs> For some baffling reason, this was also one of the scenes they chose to illustrate. Oh my god. Bizarre, right? Technically, that scene is an illusion made by a new monster called a Decapus. But still, TSR at this point were trying to convince people that these games weren't satanic. <laughs> and this is what they, they, they decided to illustrate. <laughs> to be fair to Jean Wells, the writer of the module, she did, did try to have those art pieces taken out and was told it was too late. So if we refer back to the Wired article, developer and designer for TSR at the time, Kevin Hendricks, said this. In essence, the philosophy of management at the time was that it was better to have anything to sell today than something of higher quality later. <laughs> because the market was so hot and the demand so great, TSR was losing money by any delays. So crank out that product and damn the torpedoes. That sort of outlook in TSR's flush days was the poison that caused problems like the B3 module and got up the nose of the product development people. So, that's basically it. Jean Wells, she wanted the artwork removed. She wanted a bit more time to finesse it, and, and they just wanted to get it out there and get sell it. Out, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, you continue through the dungeon fighting monkeys, moss, poltergeists, <laughs> and Jupiter bloodsuckers, <laughs> and eventually you come to a room where you find the princess's diaries, and it tells you where the ruby is. So you fight through mortal ubus, some archer bushes, yeah, <laughs> bushes that shoot bows, and another new monster called a digus. Basically, a, uh, the digus is a balloon monster that can <laughs> disguise itself as a marble pool. Oh, of course. Why? <laughs> what does that? What sense does I've that make? I've got a good trick. What's so that? The thing is, the, to travel around, it inflates itself, it floats, and then just, and then as soon as it deflates, it goes, <laughs> and now it looks like a pool for it's some like reason. Pool. Well, it's kind of like a weird, um, what are they called? Bloody chests. Yeah, mimic. Mimic. It's kind of like that, yeah. And eventually you come to a room containing the ruby in a glass case. 
And then who should appear but the ghost of Argenta. And oddly, the ghost of the bloke in the blue armour who burned the valley down with the dragon. Oh. Why? I don't know. (laughs) Is this mentioned anywhere else in the adventure? Not really. No. There is a statue that implies they now get on for some reason, but there's no explanation. They're just, for some reason, she's mates with him now. The bloke who killed her instantly and destroyed her Her whole amazing castle and kingdom is now, yeah, we're buds. So that is pretty much it. I mean, there's a lot more to it because there's different rooms and shit like this, but that's basically the adventure. The two main controversies, I guess, are those two monsters in the artwork. The Wang. So it wasn't that bad. But I think it's a good adventure. It's not the sounds of it. It's not bad at all. It's perfectly reasonable. And for a first time... Yeah, and the, okay, some of the monsters, the extra monsters, like, like the balloon guy, they're, they're kind of weird. And but she's made them all from scratch, bless her, as well. So and you know what? Fuck it. That would be hilarious. If you had a, um, if people saw a marble pool turn into a balloon and try and fly away. Oh, mate. Or can you imagine a scene where they're like... Um, they're trying to have a bar. I swear there's something following us. And every time they look around, there's just a fountain behind yeah, them. Yeah. And they're like, what is that? <laughs> I don't, but every time they turn around, they had... Yeah. <laughs> 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 you goes yeah. down. Oh, mate. Do you know what? Um, it's not terrible. A for effort for, for, for the venture. I think From it's perfectly reasonable. It sounds really good. The backstory is great, but yeah. there, there are some funny things about it that we'll get into later. Yeah. Because it's kind of funny when you look into the background of it. But let's talk about the controversy surrounding this. Okay. So according to staff at the time, management were in a building uptown, and the developers and writers were in a building downtown. And according to game designer Lawrence Stick, which is a great name, yeah. he says upper management regarded employees as second or third class citizens. <laughs> Additionally, Kevin Hendricks also mentions that there was an us versus them attitude. So when this module was ready for publication and a pallet of them was shipped to ma- the management building, well, the management guys were pissed because it's obvious in the artwork for the Ubu that somebody was having the piss taken out of them. It's all drawn in a caricature style, but management couldn't tell if it was taking the piss out of them. <laughs> Lawrence Stick has this to say on the matter. He says, they were, caricature- they were caricatures of people in development, not management. There are a lot of in-jokes in there, and if you aren't in on the in-jokes, it can be easily misinterpreted, so it's perilous to do that sort of thing. If you didn't know who the characters... If you didn't know who the caricatures were of, you might guess and you might guess wrong. Mm. And that's why the management thought it was them. Of course they did. Because obviously they're just, they're, they're, you look at the heads, they're just like normal people. So they thought, is that me? That's me, innit? Them yeah. little fuckers down there drawing me. Yeah, yeah. And Kevin Hendricks mentions that the illustration alluded to recent terminations and employee <laughs> unrest. So they, it was like staff they didn't like and things like yeah, this. Yeah, so yeah. It was more of like a, a, an in-house controversy, which was interesting. And he goes on to say, upper management was very sensitive about mutiny in the ranks at the time and took all these perceived slurs or snoot cockings as an insult and a challenge. Oh dear. I don't know what a snoot cocking is. Snoot cocking. That's cool. yeah, so, so they thought they thought that the, the guys below were having a go. You know the, what I mean? the, Yeah, yeah. The, the underlings, the yeah. subordinates are all taking the piss out of them. This was all like a subtle ploy. It was to... like a coup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, he also, uh, Kevin... Kevin Hendricks also calls the module Naval Gazing Pseudoporn. I, I learn new sentences every day. Naval Gazing Pseudoporn. I can't exactly. say I've ever heard that before. That's anyway, brilliant. there's a really insightful quote from Bill Willingham, who was an artist for TSR at the time, who says this, I was first to read the damn thing, and I was just shocked at how ridiculous it was. 
It was clearly the private fantasies of the author Jean Wells, who sadly died in 2012. The princess character was also her persona in the Society of Creative Anchorism. A hauntingly lovely woman who destroyed hearts. I called it to the art director's attention and we went upstairs to the editorial and Lawrence Stick. And at some point, Lawrence, being the head of creative, called over to the business side and said, are you sure we want to do this? And someone from the business side essentially said, hey, my wife plays Mahjong with her and she'll give me shit if we don't let her do her module. Just, just, <laughs> just publish, publish it. <laughs> don't give us any more crap about, about this. <laughs> so, the Society of Creative Anchorage, right? As it turns out, the Silver Princess was actually Jean Wells's character from a historical reenactment society. No way. <laughs> and additionally, she was friend of both management and the design team. Uh... So this is why he was saying, you know, it's, it was basically this guy's, one of his wife's mates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he gave her free reign to do whatever the Do you want to write something? Go on in. Really, really interesting. Yeah. Um, so from that point, the staff remember it coming out over the weekend and it being recalled by the Monday. <laughs> the Darkly comic bent all the artwork and all the bondage imagery ultimately got it recalled. And according to Kevin Hendricks, one day they were handing out our office copies and one day we were told that supervisors were collecting copies, <laughs> telling people to turn theirs in. Most of us, having got a whiff of what was going on, were busy squirrelling out. You know it, it'd be worth yeah. loads of money. As he says, the land rush was on. Mm-hmm. D&D was a boil in the zeitgeist and everyone knew the banned module would be a collector's oh, item. Yeah. Editorial staff members hid their single copies and rumours persist to this day that management liberated cases at a time. <laughs> the print run was ordered destroyed and basically after this the module was rewritten with almost none of Gene Wells' original writing oh, intact what? except for the setting. Okay. And instead of an orange cover, it featured a green one. Oh, right. And as early as 1984, a copy of the orange cover sold at a Gen Con for $300. Oh. Today, however, almost none are in circulation. <gasps> but an interview with Stephen Sullivan, another TSR game designer, St- Stephen mentions a signed orange copy selling for nearly $6,000. Doesn't believe it. Doesn't, that, that doesn't shock me at all. That would no. be a, what an amazing piece of uh, history. history you could hold on to with that. Exactly. Oh, right. um, Gene Wells. Gene Wells, man. Um, but here's the thing. That article for Wired, I think it was a bit clickbaity. I don't think this module nearly killed D&D. Not even close. If it had come out, it would have probably spurred it on, sparking controversy. Weirdos would have bought it. Yeah, you know? and it was. And to be fair, I think as much as the satanic panic was bad for it, in some circles it was very good for it. Because, you know, because any publicity is good publicity. Not right? only nerds were playing it during the satanic panic, but also goths as well. Goths were, yeah. yeah, yeah they loved they it. Were, yeah. And all the metal kids. Yeah, like, exactly. That's so, not bad. I mean, if is, that happened in this day and age... That that's like that would be like a uh, very tame lamentations. Module. That's what I was just thinking. Look what mm. lamentations do. Yeah, and so I, I, I personally, I think that the... it's just the image in my head's quite gross. Just this big monster coming at you with two wangs and a, you know, vagina. Yeah, and the the, the scene where attack. she's tied up on the sort of shit with poked. Her yeah, but that's it. I mean, two bad scenes in a whole otherwise normal adventure. I, I mean, it's it's not really that bad. No, and, but the trouble is, is that the the thing that really got me is that they. They decided to illustrate that part. That was stupid. That was stupid. <laughs> that made it worse. If it was just a bit of text, you can get away with they it. They probably would have released draw it as it. is. Yeah, 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 exactly. No, no, that was. But sad. I don't. I think it's a pretty decent adventure. The original one. Yeah. Um, you can find the orange one online in all sorts of places okay. nowadays. So, um, not physical, obviously. Uh, but I did pay for it. Uh, probably. So. Probably. Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. We did. But the point is, is if you want to play it, f- fucking play it. Check it's a good it out. Mini it sounds fun. And an okay adventure. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the previous princess was a, uh, a Mary Sue 
new character for Jean Wells. Of course, the backstory's about her, but she doesn't show up until the end where she's a ghost. And the she's mates prob- with that bloke. <laughs> yeah, the biggest problem is that she's mates with that bloke. I say just take his ghost out in the final encounter and yeah. you're fine. Yeah, you'll be fine, yeah. yeah. It's just a really weird little turn. I was like, why, why does it not mention that? But I yeah. just love the way, because you know that came about when they were like, it's probably some drunk dinner party, and it's like, Jig, you, you can ride, can't you? Yeah, it was during the Mahjong game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's like, oh, I reckon I could do a better job than all those blokes. <laughs> do it then. Do it then, you bitch. <laughs> she done it. <laughs> That's not me saying that. That's the old That's TSR. TSR. Old TSR. <laughs> That's the yeah. words of yeah. TSR. Yeah. <laughs> I think that might be libel. <laughs> but the old words. Yeah, I would I'd play the shit out of this. And oh, it's, yeah. it's super Sounds interesting. Fun. Go and read that Wired article to, just to read the quotes. But yeah. it is clickbait. And I am going to nick the title yeah. so that we can use the clickbait. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much, Wired. <laughs> um, but that's about it, man. That was cool. Yeah, that was actually shorter than the What We've Been Playing segment. But there, there we go. Main subject for you, lads. It's a, little, it's a nice little, you know. Nice little nug of history. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. But next up, we're going to go on to a new segment. The Gadgetarium. Oh. The Gadgetarium. So this is the Gadgetarium. Um, Basically, what we're going to do here is we want to highlight some of our... It can either be a gadget or a magic item or an interesting item. Mm -hmm. And we bring it to the table, highlight it, talk about what it does. And sort of, um, so you can use it in your game. Take it I mean, away. obviously yeah. you can find it from the books where you found it from, but yeah. you could, yeah, it's a good, like, nice little takeaway for you guys. Nice little look at a magic item. Yeah. So the one I, wanna, I wanted to go for, because I remember seeing this in Pathfinder ages ago and really, really, really wanting to use it, mm-hmm. but never finding a good opportunity. But um, we're going to talk about the apparatus of the crab. <laughs> so this is a large barrel, big enough to fit two people inside. Big old barrel, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, with, with a difficulty 20 perception check, you see a secret hatch. Crawl inside to find ten unlabeled levers and two seats. The barrel activates to become a crab-like neck. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> the levers can be used to control the crab and can be rolled randomly using a D10. For example, one extends and retracts the legs and tail, or five snaps the pincers. Oh, cool, yeah, yeah. The fucker has 200 HP, <laughs> a speed of 20 feet, and does 2D8 damage on a plus 12 to hit. <laughs> To build one of these yourself, it costs 45,000 GP. It's an expensive fucking item. <laughs> but if you've got that kind of cash, you've got to get one of yeah, those. Yeah, and the cool thing is, is like, if you go in having no idea how to use it, you can keep running a D10, note them down, and you start to learn which levers ah, do what. And yeah. then you can learn how to pilot it yourself, which is fucking awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. So an enemy could have it, and if they kill the enemy, they could... Take the crab. Take the Apparatus crab. of the crab. Apparatus really, really of the crab. I just couldn't find a sensible place to... I mean, my games aren't usually sensible. I couldn't find a, a good reason to put it in the game before. Like, but I, didn't you... Di- I wonder whether you thought about that and then during my Office Uprising game that you helped to move and you was like, why don't you turn his desk into a mech? I think that's probably... <laughs> this is probably where that... that it, almost certainly. Almost certainly. Brilliant. Yeah, that's a great one. Um, I, I believe it can be found in the back of the Pathfinder 1st Edition core book. Okay. Or it is, uh, it's been remade into a 5e item, I think. Okay, I'm not cool. entirely sure and I'm not sure which book to find it in but um, it's also on the D20 system reference document so you Wicked. can just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, yeah. Look it up that, that way. Awesome. What the fuck have I just seen on your one? Old timey slap bracelet. <laughs> what the fuck is this? <laughs> right. So this is a cracking little item. Um, so basically, it's a bracelet that looks like a snake, uh, and it's a real item. This is a real life item. This isn't a fake item. No this way. is a real world item um, from the 17th century, I believe. Of and course. it's like a snake, like a silver snake that's kind of wrapping around your arm um, as a bracelet. You wear it as a bracelet, but 
pull the head of the snake and you pull out a flexible rapier. That is fucking awesome. <laughs> Let me show you the picture. So, how does it bend around your arm then? Because it's so thin. It's malleable. It's so, so you can goes, still. So you, as you push it in, it must wrap around, and it wraps around twice. So I'm thinking like the, you know, like the swords in fucking Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, the way Precise. they work. Exactly. It's one that like is that. Fucking awesome. Check this out, check, and check the picture out. It looks incredible. We we'll put it on the, we we'll put it on the, um, on the Facebook. website after. But um, yeah, so uh, just scroll down, mate. Check that out. I don't know what stats it would get. You're the genius for this. I think it would. Someone statted to... it, but I can't find the stat it'd item. It would probably have to be like standard damage for a rapier, but the fact that it's concealed is the cool part. Uh, yeah, so thieves, it, thieves oh would love God. it. How cool is that? I'm looking at it. It's it's more of a. It doesn't look like it has a sharp edge, but it looks more knifey than it does rapiery. Mm. But it's got look, the bracelet is quite gorgeous. Yeah, it's awesome. It's isn't really it? well made. It just it looks like a big metal snake. It's and the, but the blade has got a very tiny handle, and it's the head. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's quite well made, man. Old timey slap bracelet bracelet. That's what someone put at the bottom of the meme. <laughs> oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because those slap bracelets that you whack onto your arm, they curl round. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. So um. So oh, yeah. Cool as hell. It's in quite a uh, dangerous location. Imagine trying to resheathe it while the fucking snake is on your on your wrist, and you just go, whoops. Well, that's right through your wrist. That's me. I breathe my last goodbye, everyone. <laughs> That's a great item, though, because everyone has bloody cane swords, right? Exactly, and, and, exactly. But now you have a, a snake. And it's a small one, so, I mean, I guess it's about that long total. So it's a nice um, for, little For blade. people listening at home, when Nick goes, that's a great that medium. Yeah, <laughs> about, the, about the length of my, um, you know, dong. <laughs> <laughs> In that case, yeah, it's one inch long. <laughs> one inch long, <laughs> one millimetre. Um, oh, dear. So, yeah, check it out. So, old-timey slap blazer. Just Google that, and it should come up. The that is amazing. Come up. That's yeah. a really good one. <laughs> great entry. But next up, we're going to get into some Dragon or Black. Oh, yes. About the DCC oh. Annual. Roll up, roll up. Come and play Dragon or Blaggin, a game where you could win big. Under this box, do I have a dragon, a mysterious creature of mythical origin, or is there in fact nothing? Am I blagging? Well, find out now, only £10 ago. You, sir, come and play the game. Who? Me? Yes, you. Come on, come and play. Dragon or Blaggin. <laughs> so this is Dragon or Blaggin, where I am going to ask Nick some questions about a thing, and mm-hmm. you have to tell if it's real, Dragon or Blaggin. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll, we'll, you'll see when it when it happens. Right? <laughs> you'll get it. But um, this is going to be about the DCC Annual. So this is the first expansion to DCC, as I mentioned. Um, and let's get into it. Yeah. So the DCC annual details many new magic swords, but which one of these is the real sword? Okay. Slicey McSlashy, the Dread Sword of Alcazar, the Bone Sword of the Sea, or the Blade of Grong? The Blade of Grong. Sadly, no. Oh, it was the bo- unlike bone, you. Bone Sword of the Sea. Was it really? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> we make so many bone references. It's pretty cool. It's like it's got. Um, I think it's like a shark jaw or something like that, but the sword's got teeth going all the way up. Oh, okay. That's pretty cool. Damn it. Fuck. Next okay. one. In the DCC annual, you will find different orders slash religions based on certain gods for clerics to follow. Which of these is the real god? Gravitas, William, Integritus, or Justicia? That's no, Gravitas. Oh, no. Hold on. 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 Am I getting that mixed up with the word Gravitas? Hmm. Because I know gravitas. I know when you say something with gravitas, it means. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. Going, no, I'm going for that. I'm going for it. It's my first answer. So gravitas is uh, is a word, yes, <laughs> but it's also the wall monster hey. from Nightmare, oh. not from the. Oh. <laughs> the real one. The real one is Justicia. <laughs> Justicia. That's right. Oh yeah, that does sound DCC. Um, 
the next one, right? Yeah. Many new, fa- many fantastic new creatures can be found in the DCC annual, including the Mage Melt. But what is a Mage Melt? <laughs> is it a ball of energy caused by a failed spell that turns wizards into skeletons by melting the flesh off their bones, or is it a mutated humanoid who became an abomination by drinking the byproduct of a failed alchemical experiment? Ooh, I want it to be the first one. I think it's the first one. It is not. Oh! Yeah, so apparently, like, when a failed alchemical experiment happens and that runs into the sewer, then a sewer dweller drinks it, he becomes a mage melt. <laughs> which is a great name. It's for... like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for fantasy, like. Yeah, I guess that's what it is, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, those are mage melts. Got yeah, okay. God, that was, a, that was a difficult sentence. The DCC RPG annual contains a whole chapter about mustaches, allowing players to get magic mustaches. Okay. Now, each and every mustache manifests, manifests its power differently and has different effect. So which of these effects is not the real one? Okay. For 1d4 rounds, you become a motorbike and gain all the stat boosts that entails. When, the second one is when you activate your mustache powers, you are suddenly covered in sick tattoos. The third one is for 1d6 rounds after activating your stash power, you emanate a wicked soundtrack that can be heard 100 feet away. <laughs> or is it a demon in a tuxedo appears and hands you a cocktail? <laughs> oh, shit. There's me thinking that the last one would be, you know, the one because the other three were ridiculous. And yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. I love the motorbike. Um, uh, Devil in a cocktail dress. So it's, it's, de- it's a... Demon in a Tuxedo gives you a cocktail. Oh, yeah. uh, wicked soundtrack, sick tattoos, or motorbike. <laughs> wicked soundtrack. That is the real one. So hey! that, no, bear in mind, you're looking for the not real. Oh, shit, yeah. Oh, motorbike then. You're correct, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so, so that's the one I made. They're all, they're all awesome. Even the motorbike add, one's pretty cool. If you want to add the motorbike one in, please you can do. do that. <laughs> Finally, in the back of the book, there are many advertisements for DCC third-party products oh, nice. and DCC-adjacent stuff. Which of these is the real product advertised in the back? Okay. Inner Ham, Space Pirates of the Octarine Planet, His Dank Materials, or Country Crawl Classics? Country Crawl Classics? Oh, no, hold on. Yeah, yeah, it's it. That is a real one, but it's not advertised in the back. Okay. Oh, I've got it So, unfortunately, the real one was Inner Ham. What? I know, man. I I thought it was the Ghost Pirate one. No, space pirate in space, a ham I made that one up yeah in a ham I don't know what the fuck it is but it's in the back there <laughs> is it in a ham or I-N-N-A in a like uh, okay I-N-N-E-R let me, let me just have a look because I'm going to go to the advertisement oh I just bloody found it as well do it do it do it in a ham oh all there it says, is oh, yeah there all it says is monsters patrons adventures potrazibi pot, 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 I don't know what that means yep is that, that the annual that's massive it's pretty good isn't it yeah have a look yeah so there's some really, really cool shit in there. There's new ways to roll up magic it's items. It's not far off the bloody core rulebook. No, well, no, it's probably, it so good. but it's still massive. There's new magic items, new monsters, and, and it's got a bit of a fiend folio feel to it because mm. the um, the new monsters are pretty fucking weird. Um, there's like new ways to roll up giants. There's the mustache thing. There's a bearded moon. The bearded moon. You've got, it's, a, it's got it all. 
It's got it all. I, I need to give, get a Ooh, pro- like proper yeah. dive into that and have we'll a have look. But this. one of the cool things is my favourite adventure probably of all time, um, Intrigue at the Court of Chaos. Yeah. All of those evil um, demons that you see in Intrigue are now um, proper statted patrons. Hey. So you've got like... Five... Oh, what, when they're all sitting around the big opening scene when you get... Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so no, when you, spoil you, it, go yeah. To the, you go to the plane of chaos and all yeah. of these demons like the... Uh, that are in the court of chaos. They're the all sat around, yeah. and there's an eyeball. There's Null. There's there's yeah. They're all statted now, and they've got proper patron write ups. So you can take those as a wizard, or as indeed any other character, you can take a patron. Get That's cool. Of shit, so. The uh, the sword art is incredible. Yeah, every so single one is really different. In looking. DCC, most magic items are rolled up, but now it's given you like a, a good few yeah. magic swords yeah. in there, and each one has its own page, its own effects. Each one has a unique art, and it's fucking beautiful. Yeah. Great thing is, if you've got the PDF version, which you get for free if you buy that book, of course, um, you could just print out that page for a sword and That's give it so out. That's so cool, and, uh, and yeah. the swords are incredible. Look at these swords; they're great, they're oh, really great, mate. It's a, it's, a, it's. I would say, as far as uh, the book that I've seen so far in the content that it has, it's not a must own, but it is it's a nice. It's a very nice. Because the uh, dragon tooth flame blade. <laughs> yeah. No, oh, there it is the bone sword of the sea. Look at that. Yeah. So it's it's made out of. Like, I think it's like a monster jaw that that fucker's made From out of. From a jawbone or it's something. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty that is book. so cool. I love it. This is wicked. How much is the um, annual? Uh, I can't remember. I, I think it was twenty quid, which is quite worth it for what it is. Well, yeah, because it says fifty dollars on the back. So well, it's, it is an expansion, price. but um, yeah. So maybe I did pay as much as DCC for this, but yeah. Um, but it just it's, it's a hardback it's got bloody um, page markers in there it's lovely if you know about the original DCC RPG book mm. there's not that many rules for judges and for adventuring no it's, it's all magic it's a lot it? of it is ruling and spells yeah. it, this is it does flesh that out a little bit which is great and it's got everything you want the only thing I disliked about it mm. was that it does jump straight in so the first thing you see in here is um, is an introduction but then it just goes chapter five magic, yeah, and then yeah, it yeah. goes Kadikstat, who's a new clerical god. But uh-huh. it doesn't really give you an explanation on how to use clerical gods. If you look at like the patrons, right in DCC, mm-hmm. a wizard can take a patron. But it, it, it in the block for a wizard, and where it tells you how a wizard operates, it tells you some wizards can get a patron and blah blah. Yeah. blah. Yeah, yeah, it tells yeah. you how to use them. And in this, it just goes straight into the write-up of the god itself. So this isn't a noob's book. This is re- literally an extension to someone who's already read the rule book and yes, understands yes. the game. And it, it does say in the introduction, it's absolutely not necessary to have for playing DCC. But the thing is, we're starting a new AP this year called mm-hmm. Wizard Cops. Mm-hmm. And, I, and it's based on 70s exploitation <laughs> cop movies. Yeah. And so I think definitely magic moustaches are going to be oh, in there. Oh, it's got to be in there. Yeah, absolutely yeah. has to be. But no, I mean, so so basically, yeah, I, I mean, if you're into your DCC stuff, it's, I would definitely recommend One that. of the cool things about the moustaches as well is that the, um, it's, it, it details all the different types of moustache. So it's like the handlebar, the bike. Oh, you know, yeah. The, things like this. But then even... It, if you're playing a female character, don't feel left out because the girl stash is Yay! There. So I think, you know, when I actually used to know somebody, it was a girl that had an actual beard yeah. and she had to shave, which is a bit sad. <laughs> but, but, you know, that's the real thing that happens. Yeah. So if you want to play yeah. that guy. Especially if you get old. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> old woman mustache, which is my nan's nickname. <laughs> old woman Yeah, old woman mustache. It's me, old woman mustache. Hey! Right, anyway, we are st- we, uh, if, it's, if it's not patently obvious, listeners, we are stalling for time because we forgot to ask for questions. I think so. people have lives, um, so they've not answered anything yet. Um, yep. sh- shall well, we just... Um, let's have a little break, shall we? Let's have a quick break. Give me five minutes. In the future, you will be able to send a letter or parcel from anywhere on the planet. This, sir, 
is the Electro Letter. Listeners, we done goofed. We made a we were, new year, new us. This is <laughs> fucked worse. it right up. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we unfortunately uh, put out the feelers for questions for Electro Letters far, far too late. And we did ask for your New Year's gaming resolutions, but we got a general question, a couple of general questions from our mate Owen, who's Thank fa- thankfully saved us. So Cheers, Owen. That's what we're going to do. He says, um, general question from me, if you had to spend a year as one of your characters, which ones would you choose? <laughs> <laughs> this, oh. this is a toughie for me. This is it because oh. we've had a lot of good characters over the years. Um, if I had to pick one, I think I would go for my character from Fallout, Shitman Shane. <laughs> I love Shitman Shit Shane. Shane oh it, the God, reason he yeah. was called the Shitman was because he um, essentially was like a uh, he, he built stuff out of shit. Yeah. He was a scrap. Yeah, yeah. He was a scrap guy who, yep. who built stuff out of shit, and he was called Shitman Shane. Um, and he was also a musician that sang for food in yeah. the Fallout universe. And I think. If I had to spend a, a year doing that, like just going to the Fallout world, obviously it would be hideous, but you've got a year, so you, oh, yeah. you know it's going to be at end yeah, at some yeah, point. Yeah, that's true. I could live that life yeah, for a year. I could live that life. That would be fun, mate. And what was your guitar? It wasn't the guitar, was it? What did you play? The instrument? It was called a diddly bow. That was it, diddly bow. And that's actually, I actually nicked that idea from, uh, there's a really great musician called C6 Steve. Oh, I love C6 Steve. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I saw him live and he played the diddly bow. He was the one, homeless dude, wasn't he? The, yeah. Yeah, I know. One yeah. string guitar yeah. made from an old oil can. Oh, mate. <laughs> that was what, that's what, uh, my guy was based on C6 Steve. Awesome. And um, yeah, what, what I liked about him was every time we got into town and we'd try and do a gig, and Sean would always do it as a dramatic task. So you had to kind of, uh, you had to succeed five five times in five rounds, yep. right? And um, it, there was the amount of times we'd do a gig and it went so badly that I got bottled. Oh, man. I'd always put yeah. like a, a sort of country blues backing track on my phone and sing along to it. And yeah. it, the, the main one was always, I think I'm turning Japanese. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was one, who was your, whoever your manager was or whatever was like, do the Japanese song. No, no, don't do it. No, no, yeah, because yeah, we the first the first gig I did, I did the turning Japanese and we got bottled and, and ran out of town. Yeah. And then, um, and then uh, we got to the next one and I could see... <laughs> The dramatic task was going badly. I could see in the audience face that they were they were hating it. People started booing. Yeah. And then from the side of the stage, everyone was looking at me and I went, this next song is about turning Japanese. And then <laughs> I, look, no! I look over and see all the other characters like, no, 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 don't do it, don't do it. And of course we failed again. But he was a very, very fun for character to play because he was um, he was a bit of an idiot, a bit of a bigot, but not knowingly. Deep down he was a nice person, but yeah. he was so stupid and raised in such a shitty environment. I think it would be fun to be that guy for a year. Oh, mate, that'd be fun. And have a year in the Fallout world. Yeah, that would be really cool. Although we probably would die in that year, but yeah, go yeah, on. Yeah, you'd be you? dead before the end of the year, definitely. But um, Oh, it's a tough one, but I think, I think it's got to be Dave the fucking Rave. But a lot of people have lived the Dave the Rave lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He's yeah. relatable. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, Dave the Rave was a Call of Cthulhu character in a modern-day Cthulhu game that we uh, that we played. Mm-hmm. And he was... He was a he was just he was a raver that was kind to animals. Yeah. Uh, but he always he did loads of drugs and he, that that's the thing, right? Okay, in normal life we don't do drugs. No. But if you wanted to try out for a year as an RPG guy. Yeah, well no, you'd be in real life. Well yeah, as, as an RPG character, should I say. Yeah, yeah. I just liked his outlook on life. He loved like I'd I, it was nice that he was a pacifist because obviously all you know, all these all these uh, normally when you're adventurous and stuff, you you're not. But it was it was fun to play a pacifist. I just liked his outlook, I think, on life. It was quite yeah, cool. well he's quite similar to you actually. <laughs> well I suppose, yeah. Aside from all the <laughs> apart all from the drugs, yeah. Drugs, yeah. <laughs> one one of our one of my favourite Dave the Rave moments is when he tried to we, we had to uh, we were setting up a sting in a casino to rob it. Yeah. And what we wanted to do was poison the water with, with hallucinogenic <laughs> drugs. And to enhance it, we wanted to get a record 
and it was called like um, Spinal Fluid Explosion Brain, <laughs> and we we had to sneak into a record store to steal it because yeah. we didn't have any money. Yeah. And um, yeah, so that that was our plan. We 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 pumped the water system full of drugs, and then we would uh, we would like um, then then put on this crazy record that would freak everyone That's out. It. And then all security but got then, messed up, didn't as they? Everyone was inside stealing the record. Dave the Rave was outside, and he was a pacifist. He never hurt anyone, let alone animals. <laughs> yeah. But he got attacked by a dog outside and had to kick it into the river. He's <laughs> oh, like, oh mate, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe it, mate. But oh. he, he was based on the whole nineties rave scene. And yeah, he was a great character. Yeah, it was. It, yeah, so I think I'd be Dave for a year. Uh, oh, we've got one coming. Um, yeah, so we've got um, yeah, we've got some questions from James as well. James Clark, he comes in. He said, what conventions are you looking forward to the most this year and why? Oh, that's easy. i tell you what, um, Dragon Meat again, obviously. Yeah, that's good. The thing is, um, I really want to get out to UK Games Expo. Yeah, me and too. I, I might try to do it, but it's in Birmingham. Yeah. But I know Bruce Cunnington, who's the biggest promoter of D. DND- DCC. DCC <laughs> in, this, in this country, is running a bunch of games. And I've just seen he's made the entire dungeon uh, terrain. He's part of the tabletop crafting guild oh. as well. And it looks fucking awesome. Does that boy's talent know no end? Exactly. I mean, at the last, uh, at Dragon Meet, he ran three games back-to-back, yep. all DCC. One yep. of them was Dark Trails, mm-hmm. which is the new uh, Cowboy Cthulhu game. Meets DCC, yeah. And and, and he's, yeah, he's, he's one of the top promoters, and he runs a fucking good game from what I hear. And um, yeah, I've been speaking to him on Facebook, and he's like, "You've got to come. You've yeah. got to come." Oh, here. I'm all over it. Yeah, and Birmingham's not that far, mate. It's pretty. It's, it's, yeah, if yeah. We we look at it because if we can get tickets early, get a hotel for the night. Get, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'd love to go to that one as well. I think there's a, there's a few that have popped up on Facebook that I weren't even aware of, and I've keep seeing them, so I keep pressing interested on them now. Well, um, so fair, I don't James, lose them. James does follow up um, conventions, gaming or non. You even going to go back to vape con, Nick? VapeCon, no, I don't think I will go to Vape, uh, vape Jam. Vape, vape Jam, jam. <laughs> that's vape even worse. Vape Jam, mate. Vape Jam. Oh, so, uh, answer me this, because I've asked you before, uh, <laughs> and I still didn't get a satisfactory answer. What <laughs> yeah. happens at Vape Jam? A lot of vaping. <laughs> well, I, I imagine. <laughs> you said you had a hangover from how much vaping oh, you did. Oh, my God. Yeah, we had, like, it was weird. We felt a bit weird towards the end. But, yeah, you walk in, and it's just like, you know, you're walking into a fucking fog. And, well, no, uh, put, it, put it this way, like, see, I went to... Um, Eurogamer Expo um, in London uh, last year and you, what you do at the con is you go around you try out games what do you do at vape con try out got... vape juices oh, you know all the stalls selling shit there's vape going on there's a lot of uh, scantily clad ladies walking around with juice I'm in oh, I'm in I don't even um, vape I've actually I have to dig the old video out because there's a video and there was obviously like a, a stage area if you like and they mm-hmm. throw free shit around you know there's there's bloody rubber wristbands for days there yeah. and um they had some pretty heavy music and they would obviously had some DJs playing and that and everyone was vaping to like this heavy music. Oh, I'll have to show God, you. Yeah. I hate I'll have to show you. It's a cringe fest. But yeah, Vape oh, Jam was cool. But no, not for I, me. I have seen, I've seen videos because I, when I was trying to figure out what goes on at Vape Con, <laughs> I watched a video of some uh, doing people doing vape fat, offs. fattest cloud competition. <laughs> cloud, yeah. And it was like a vape off. And the thing is, they were like, okay, in, in the blue corner, it's Smokes Mad Blunts 420. <laughs> and then he's like, and then this, she goes, right, go. And then this dubstep starts up. It's like, what, 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 <laughs> and then they just blow a fat cloud yeah that's cloud. awful that's all it is oh god but I've been for a few years sadly but I used to get a lot of free juice but they, they cut that right down so it won't because really well of the tax now man it's expensive yeah so but yeah vape jam's fine vape jam <laughs> I, vape I went jam. to I'd like to go to Eurogamer Expo again yeah. this year because I went there and we got to try out a bunch of really cool games the queues for the uh, for the fucking uh, like main video games like for example I went to see um 
the Final Fantasy VII remake, yeah. right? And the queue went on for days. And I looked at they have this app, so you can sort of book a point to go and see. The oh wow! Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, I tried to do that, and it said current queue time eight hours. <laughs> and I'm like, there's there is nothing in this world that I love enough to queue for eight hours. No way. Um, uh, additionally, I saw a preview of Death Stranding. That's out now, so that's not a big deal. But I did go and see a 50 minute preview of Cyberpunk 2020, oh, wow. the new video game. Yeah, and it does look absolutely amazing. When is that out? Is that out this year? March. Oh. There was a certain level of goodness to the Cyberpunk 2020 game um, that I think, I don't think it can ever be as good as they're showing it yeah, can no be. Way, no way. It was oh, yeah. crazy was good. Again? It was like, um, so we watched a guy play the game for 50 minutes, but it was like, there was no loading. The whole uh, the whole city looked incredible. Yeah. You can drive around in it and it, you can go into any building. There's st- uh, stacks of people everywhere. And I'm like, Nah. I, I think this is probably going to get a re-enhanced edition on the PS5. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. It, it looks too good to be true, honestly. But yeah. maybe it isn't. You know, oh, yeah, well it's coming out in March. You won't be on PS5 yet, will it? So, yeah. oh, so they're re- they do because oh, I got stung for that so bad because I was on Xbox 360 for years and then went over to PlayStation. I've got to rebuy all these bloody remakes now, like GTA yeah. and all that. Yeah, um, uh, we got another question from James Clark. He says, "Are you currently writing anything else at the moment? If so, when we can, when can we inspect it? If not, why?" Oh, it's funny you should ask that. We are writing. Uh, we, we're actually in the process of making our next uh, toolkit mm-hmm. idea, and it is going to be called "100 Weird Widgets," mm-hmm. and it is a, a book of sci-fi gadgets. Yeah, yeah. And we've got some fucking good ones so far. We've got exploding trousers. Got exploding uh, trousers. Returning yeah. rocket hand. Yeah, the got- Dildonian Laser Club. <laughs> We've got the sunshot. Sunshot. We yeah. So we basically we're coming up with ideas for it at the moment and fleshing it out and yep. putting our cool gadgets in there. Um, well, the thing is, what we wanted to kind of do with it was um, we we're talking about this a minute ago, and we kind of want to have items in there that don't seem useful at first, but the players will get a use. Precisely. Yeah. For example, there's one that's called the row butler, and it's just going to be like a little tray on wheels with yep. little hands holding on it. And yeah, you can put something on it and get it served to another room. There you go. And put a landmine on that bitch. Death or and grenade. destruction. Active grenade. <laughs> yeah. So we want to have items a lot like that where people are going to find uses for yeah, them. They're not going to be huge game-breaking ga- uh, items. They're going to be more kind of... Weird gadgets. Weird gadgets, and it's up to you guys to kind of utilise them so however example, way you want. For example, the exploding trousers, right? It's yeah. got a trigger in the pocket, so they explode doing a massive, massive explosion. And it's got a trigger in the back pocket. So if you sit down, say goodbye. But the thing is, if you if, let's say there's somebody you hate, you, yep. get, you get them on side and then give them a nice pair of trousers for Christmas. Exactly. That's They're the happy. end of them. They're, see you later. Yeah. As soon as anyway, we've got down. to shoot, but um, try them trousers on. <laughs> I'm, also, yeah. I'm also working on something at the moment. There's this brilliant... Um, a brilliant setting or sort of system for Savage Worlds that turns Savage Worlds into an OSR type game. All right. And you pull cards for the bits of the dungeon, details of the dungeon, which wandering monsters come out, things like this. And what you provide is a template. And I'm working on a template at the moment. I did a lot of work on it yesterday and came up with an idea for a pub crawl where the... <laughs> Um, the the town's been infected by by beer that turns people into zombies. Nice. And the streets are the corridors, and the buildings are the rooms. He said it was a bit too weird and a bit too esoteric and and uh, not dungeony enough. So I've changed it, and it's it's a um, dungeon that takes place in a brewery yeah, where yeah. all the people died because of diseased beer and came back as zombies. <laughs> awesome. And one of the things you have to do in it is is come up with rumours, like a little table of rumours. Yeah. And one of the ones I came up with is that apparently uh, people that have, have watched the brewery from afar have seen a uh, have seen a gorilla inside throwing barrels. <laughs> and that's going to be my enemy called Monkey Kong. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so um, he said I can make it as weird as I like. So that's that's what I'm going for. Awesome. That's cool. That's that sounds cool. I'm also going to be 
doing a uh, Sean Richer who makes um, Terror of the Stratosphere, yeah, which yeah, is yeah, a really yeah. really great setting and, and magazine for DCC. He's come up with an idea where it's a, a like a hundred level dungeon or something like this, mm-hmm. and he's giving each level to a different person. That's cool. And so I'm writing a level of a dungeon. That's so that. cool. So, uh, yeah, it's a great idea. I haven't started on that yet. Sorry, that sounds, Sean. That sounds well to. fun. And because it would be like an anthology of bright people's minds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. It's going to be bloody weird, but I, I like that a lot. Um, uh, next one comes in from Owen Lean. He says, "What music is best for cyberpunk games?" Isle getting bored of the Blade Runner soundtrack. We we haven't really played a cyberpunk. Oh no, we did. We played Bubblegum Crisis. Yeah, what did we have on in that? We had a lot of um, Perturbator. Perturbator, but, of course we did. Is, yeah. As much as I like Perturbator's music, it has one note, right? And it's pretty much just full on. That's it. Yeah, yeah. What's that mushroom one? Uh, infected mushroom. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's that's a good choice actually because it's psytrance. We've had a bit of infected mushroom in the so, past. So yeah, that's sort of um, it's not really relaxing, but it's quite it's good as background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> just turn it down. <laughs> yeah, just turn it down. I, I find um, what you want to do is because yeah, Blade Runner. It's John Carpenter that did the oh, music. No that, idea. Is it? No idea, mate. To be honest <laughs> but anything with you. John Carpenter basically. Yeah. Just put on the just put on like a mix on YouTube of John Carpenter's shit. Because I find yeah. that a lot of modern synthwave is good, but it's all it's all just. Oh, what like... about um, Muse's album, the Symphony one that we were talking that, about? That's a good one. Yeah, Muse have just dropped a new album called Simulation Theory. Yeah, and Muse haven't been good for a good few years. Now, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they've done a good one. The Symphony done... one, and it's good. Yeah, that that might work for Cyberpunk. Absolutely, yeah. So that is my bloody answer for that. There you go. And we got another one from Jums. James Clark. Yeah, he says, in. what do you think is going to be your new thing this year in terms of gaming pur- purchases? Like 2015 was next year of dice. God, was that long ago? That, I can't believe it. Well, you bought so many dice that year. I know. Now I'm like, oh, I don't need any more, but I desperately want more. <laughs> I, I see new sets of dice all the time and I just think to myself, do I need it? Yeah, no, I, yeah, that's I, the I, I can answer this quite quite surely because I've got into mini painting and making terrain. Of course you have, yeah. And currently, like a lot of my disposable income always goes on RPG shit, but currently it's going on terrain, yep. minis, yep. things like this. Pain supplies yeah so that a lot of stuff is going on on that but to be fair though you've got such i mean like you know you've done a lot of um relic hunting with your books and you've got a lot of you've got a very nice library now you've done a lot of your minis that you had before mm-hmm. you know you and and now it's like the new thing is this the scenery it's not it's nice to have a gap so you've done a lot of different things and this is the one thing that you haven't done that much on so it's nice to exactly. kind of concentrate on that this year and, and it's I been amazing it's, i think it's enhancing the game oh 100 I mean, i know people i know people say you know take it or leave it but i tell you what use terrain it would, yeah. and you'll realize a how easy it is to put together not to make but how easy the materials are and yeah. cheap they are to get hold well, of my my sort of tip is is i i got a set of it was last christmas actually and i've only just started using them but i got a set of whittling knives yeah 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 which shredded your to hands to start with. i i fucked my hands <laughs> right up i came to the game i plastered Plaster every everywhere. finger um, but um, the cool thing about that is, is a lot of my terrain uh, is made out of Jenga blocks because yeah, I just had yeah, them yeah, yeah. lying around, and I stick some together, then cut them. Into and they were the mini ones, so they're quite light, aren't they? Yeah, so yeah. They're quite and easy to cut. I just found it for three quid in mm. a shop called The Works, and um, they, you can stick three of them together and then carve it to yeah. make a doorway. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can make platforms, stairs. I made a portal out. Check of out our Facebook uh, group because we've been putting loads of Harrison's new terrain on there, and it's cracking. It's absolutely cracking. Well, like what? the IKEA table <laughs> i'm making another one of those at the moment actually so it's a lazy susan the way dungeon craft does his and this is the thing like a lot of my money this year is definitely going to go into that but the one thing i really really don't like buying is foam everyone makes shit out of foam foam but it's so expensive in this country is it really yes and it's bad for the planet right i believe so yeah so what i did is um and he he basically carves out a circular bit of foam yeah carves the tiles into it then sticks it to the top of a lazy susan oh i see yeah whereas i use my knives and some fucking uh 
uh, what what are those things? Files. 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 He's just, just doing this weird little hand gesture. Yeah. yeah, so I, d- I use <clears throat> files to carve it directly yeah. into the wood, and it means it takes up less space, fits in a bag, sort of, but it's quite big. Yeah. But the cool thing is the other day during the game, during the D&D game, I used, uh, I used that. I've like painted it up to look like dungeon tiles. Yeah. And you can spin it. So if you want to get a good look at the combat on your turn, you can spin get it around. Get a new angle. Yeah, it's really good. It's a really cool little thing. But and the, you didn't realise you needed it until you got it. And now you're like, really we about were, it. When we were doing the mass battle, yeah. I had to, obviously two different scenes happening at the same time. Shit. So what we did is we used some of the dungeon walls to, to do a split down the middle of the board. Oh, okay, and we yeah. had two scenes going on at once. So I ran the combat, two combats at once. That's cool. On the same board. So it's pretty fucking good. Wicked. And if you're doing that theatre of the mind, it would probably actually be harder. Because yeah. in that, you see everything. And it's funny how, how much players... Sorry, I'm going on a tangent. No, no, do it. But it's funny how much players get um, play differently once terrain is involved. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. the amount of times I've drawn flat maps and what everyone does is they run into the middle of the map and then they fight where they stand. I shoot with my thing. Do you know what? I really do think it enhances creativity in regards to um, battles as yeah, yeah. well. Because, That's you know, point, normally, yeah. like, when you can't visualise it as... I mean, fit of mind's great, but when you can't see it that well, you kind of do feel a little bit limited sometimes. Like... Because I, you know, you get a bit bored with you know I hit him with my broadsword. Yeah, classic. yeah. You know, you want to do something where maybe you run up a wall. Well, put whatever. It this way, the, the other day during the game, they when they were going into the goblin warren that we yeah. spoke about earlier, um, the there was there was a sort of um, parapet set yeah. up like a watchtower inside where this this mage goblin was flinging spells from. And Norman Fiend, uh, one of the characters, he's a warlock. He walks in, instantly triggers the trap, gets exploded, flies through the air, lands oh, on the yeah. lands on the turret, right? And then while he's up there, the very next action is Grant Shaftesbury, who's our barbarian. Yeah. And he runs in, smashes the bottom of the uh, of the tower to make it collapse. Yep. Completely forgetting Norman's up there. You can fucking see it on the terrain. Yeah, he's, he's standing up there. on top of it. He's yeah. up there. He's prone on top of it. And then Grant just comes and smashes it over, damaging him again. So what we were saying is, what was funny about that was how short a time it took place. <laughs> So it's literally explode, land, fall, Boom. crush, <laughs> yeah. and he was on one HP. But bless James Tomasson, he, he's he's a good fucking role player. But yeah. what he did, he didn't say it at all. I could see his face. He was like, "Does he oh, know no. I'm up there?" But yeah, yeah, no, bless him. And but it was quiet. And he survived, so it was all good. So how about you? What what's the sort of things you're going to be purchasing this year? Do you reckon minis for me? Mm. Minis. Um, I've got no. Um, I've got hardly. I mean, you know, I've got a few little odd ones, but I just really need to enhance my minis. I've got no mini. I want to get myself. I'm going to start like you did. Get yourself a good storage unit. That's how, yeah, yeah. That's, how, that's what I you get, need. Get like a, a big box of them. Exactly. So I'm going to get so I'm going to start getting more minis. Want some more monsters? I've got no monster minis at yeah, all. Yeah. And I want to get some of these. I'm looking at the old board games. Yep. to buy to get the minis because you get so many more for value for money yeah, I mean because it is a big outlay because it's oh. £40 but you get about 40 to 50 minis in each box and, and you get so a game so you, you can put the, the minis back in if you want to play the game the game is pretty cool and pretty playable yeah, too um, exactly there's another one that a lot of people talk about called Massive Darkness mm-hmm. and since this has become like a known thing it's gone up a little bit in price but it's got 120 minis inside. wow yeah. So, yeah it's... you think on eBay you could, for, a, for a professionally painted what singular mini you could pay up to 15, 20 quid for one yeah one, I have I have you know? um, the, the the mushroom guys that are in the last game yeah. uh, they cost me 10 quid for two wow right yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's yeah you know you've got uh, and it's more what i want to do as well is because sean's very good at this as well because he tends to go to like you know little charity shops and find little things and it's being a little bit more broader with where you can get minis from yeah because he's <clears> got <throat> a um a bumper crop of doctor who minis that came from i think either a magazine or a board game yeah but it's just a bunch of little daleks and cybermen and shit like this and like he searches out these weird ones yeah like, for example, the Colossal Red Dragon, which is a really, really... It's not even a mini, it's a massive... It's, ma- it's a massive. Yeah. <laughs> Have you got that dragon massive? <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, but you can buy that, right? So eighty quid for an unpainted meat. Sean just bought a dragon toy, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, and, it, yeah. and it, it's painted. It looks nice, and it's a dragon. You've got it. There, there. you go, big old fun. fucker. Yeah. So maybe we should get Sean on act- uh, actually as well and do a, a mini, a mini like, episode. Yeah, That'd be cool. Buying minis, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's basically it for for questions. One more, though. One more. Let's and do we... it. Let's, let's let's do it. Let's answer our own questions, shall we? So, what's your resolution? New Year gaming resolution for the year? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, New Year's gaming resolution. That is, I think, what I'm going to try to do, and I, I I have thought about this a lot. I've got a lot of games on my shelf, and my shelf shelving unit is pretty much almost full. Yep. Um, I'm going to try to buy less games. I know that sounds bad and it's not no, particularly no. good for the podcast, but the only thing is is I want to I want to get through some of the ones I've got on my shelf. 100%. And I've, I've got fucking wise guys in there I need to run. Uh-huh. I've got the burning wheel which I really want to run. I've uh, got cipher system I want to run. Car wars, car wars. Index card RPG. I've got so many yeah. and I need to actually take the time to play them because the thing what you've often, hit terminal velocity yeah <laughs> what often happens though is i'll buy them right i'm really hyped and i'm like oh, i need that in my life yeah, i need yeah. that in my life but the thing about it is is that i know i'm not going to run it for months mm-hmm. so why not just buy it then Very but true. i never do it i always waste all my money buying games that i i'm going to play years later yeah so yeah, yeah fair enough that's my new resolution I'm, i want to i want to try to uh buy less buy less buy less products Concentrate on your other hobbies within the hobby. Yeah, that's what I'm trying yeah, to makes do. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. My my New Year's resolution is to uh, pay more attention to Kickstarters that I back. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Every time Nick uh, backs a Kickstarter, he forgets about it. And then when it comes time to fill out the survey, it's like, it's too late. Too late. You've done it. Too late. I'm an arsehole. So, um, but I'm not probably going to... And also, I'm, I'm very much like you. I've got, I've got to a point where... I've had to put... You know that big chest in my living room? Yeah, yeah. That's full of RPG stuff now because my shelf is too you full. You need to get one of these, man. I like, know. In Ikea, you can get... It's, it's called a Billy bookcase. Yeah. And it's it's nice and shallow. But look at the bow place. on your... That is ridiculous. <laughs> How did bow in? The shelf's are yeah, bowing. Yeah, because my top shelf... I've, I've organised it vaguely. And my top shelf has got my fantasy stuff up yeah. there. And it's literally because it it's it's like the big box sets, giant DCC books. It's it's literally Boeing. I can hear it heaving under the pressure. One day that's gonna snap. That's gonna go. But it's um so yeah so we're yeah so so buy less books and um kind of focus on other parts of the hobby. I reckon for well, us. That, that's gonna be it for electro yeah. letters. I mean we had some pretty cool uh, cool questions in from a couple of guys. Then thank you very much yeah, for helping thank us you out. For helping us. This would be nothing without you, James yeah, and Owen. Absolutely. Um, but uh, next time we'll be more punctual and allow uh, the listeners to actually join in. Mm-hmm. But that's our electro letters. That's our New Year's gaming resolutions. I believe it's time to do an outro. Oh, it's that time again, ladies and gentlemen. We have now entered the frog lock. So what happens is, uh, they, they cast frog song, then they punch you for four damage, and then they do it right again. And this will go on for the next four hours now. Thank you, frogs. I love you. So if you want to support the podcast, um, the best way to do that is to go over to Patreon and chuck us a couple of bucks. Mm-hmm. Bear in mind, if, if the donations get low, we will stop doing this. <laughs> we will stop. We're, ho- we're holding this uh, ransom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, if you want to support us, um, so buy 78 Hamlet Happenings, Please, our yeah. OSR toolkit for random town events. Mm-hmm. Um, additionally, we're going to be coming out soon, obviously, with 100 weird widgets. Yep. So check, uh, keep an eye out for that. And, of course, you can email us at tabletopnote. No, that's, that's the, the old one. one. 3trpgpod at gmail.com. Or you Check can, us out on social media. It's social medias, all of them. All of we're them. All of we're them. there. We're there. Tumblr. <laughs> no, we killed that. Google Plus. Grinder. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Looking for hot RPG dates in the area. Any goblins about? All right. Um, so oh. that's the end of the podcast. I've been Harrison Hunt. I've been Nick Lambslice. And remember that D20s are cool, but 20Ds, now that's a good time. Nice. Goodbye. Goodbye.